So my dad was in the Navy for 20 years. Good man. Has traveled all around the world. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, we were living in these apartments in Florida, and he said that because he traveled all around the world, he learned a lot about different cultures, and he learned how to catch ghosts. How old were you? Maybe eight, nine. Okay. So he tells me and my sister that he learned, well, I can't remember, maybe he said France or the Middle East or Italy or some shit, just somewhere that he went in his travels, that if you take a glass bottle and put it in a room, you can catch ghosts. Mm. So he proceeds in every room of the house, my bedroom, my sister's bedroom, his room, the living room, everything. (laughs) He puts, he puts the bottles in there (laughs) Yeah, and he says, we're going to catch the ghosts. Okay. They have to be glass bottles, right? They have to be glass bottles. Okay. Okay. I like that detail. (laughs) So he takes the glass bottles. We all go in the living room and he said, we can burn the ghosts up by lighting a match Mm -hmm. and dropping it in the bottle and the spirits will go away. So he proceeds to light the first one. I can't remember what the first one he lit was, but he dropped the match in there. The flame went up, and me and my sister started getting scared right away. Uh We were terrified. Then he goes to my bedroom. The flame's a little bit bigger. Then he goes to my sister. We're, We're already scared. We're on the verge of tears. Yeah, are you pissing your pants yet? I was pissing my pants. Okay. He lights one for my sister's room, and this huge flame just engulfs, and me and my sister start crying. Mm-hmm. Hysterically, so freaked out. We ask him, like, all the shit, you know, we're freaking out. He's laughing. Yeah. He is <laughs> loving this. Yeah. <laughs> and then he tells us, um, I can't remember. I found out while it was like after it happened, but basically what he did was he he put he took the bottles out of our rooms and then he put like alcohol right. in the bottle. That's why they had to be glass. So what did he finally tell you? Like when he was like, "This isn't real," or did he never tell you? I can't remember. <laughs> I think he probably told us it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. I can't remember that part of it, but he... But at that age, you're going to be like, it was real. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, f- it freaked me and my sister the fuck out. We were just... We were crying and holding each other. We yeah. thought our, our <laughs> apartment was haunted. All this shit. Well, I mean, e- even though that's a story with uh, children being terrified, that's a, that's an unusually positive story for Man of Science, Man of Faith. And you know, I... I I'll say this is someone who uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain I don't want kids, but uh, I hear stories like that, and I'm like, I'd like to have some kids. I'd like to fuck with them. I'd like to troll oh, them. Oh, my dad, he fucked with us like that. That's what all I would do. <laughs> yeah, the that's time. what I would do. <laughs> it was constant. I mean, that that is one that really sticks out just because it was such a big dramatic That is moment. like, yeah, that's a big troll. Oh, yeah. Your dad was oh, trolling yeah. way before the trolls came along. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is... I mean, I was eight, so the internet existed, but this was something that he knew. And then years later, so we were visiting my grandma in a nursing home, mm-hmm. and I found out she did it to my dad and my aunt when they were kids. Oh, really? Okay. That's very cool. Very cool. I like uh, I like doing Man of Science, Man of Faith with a positive story every now and then. 
Broadcasting straight from Big Rock Candy Mountain. I'm Zachary Lehman. I'm Taylor Berryman. How can people find you, Taylor? Find me on Instagram as the underscore Poptimist and on Facebook as Taylor Berryman. Also check out my podcast, The Poptimist with Taylor Berryman, on all major streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Music. And I'm on Twitter at Writing Lehman, uh, Zachary Lehman on Facebook and Instagram and Telegram, whatever the hell that is. And follow Man of Science, Man of Faith on everything. We're on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Also Twitter. on all the major platforms. And on, yeah, like us, subscribe, tell review us, us, tell us to go fuck ourselves. Email us. Man yeah, what's science, the email? Uh, man of Science at gmail.com. Isn't it manofsciencepod at gmail.com? Oh, uh, yeah, manofsciencepod at gmail.com. Yeah, there you go, bud. I got you. So this week we are talking about a movie uh, that you rewatched. And yes. you got me interested in rewatching it. I, I've watched it a few times over the years because it's definitely one of the best movies in the last 20 years. The Departed. The Departed. The Departed, directed by Martin Scorsese. A total classic. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. This is now my favorite Scorsese flick. Really? Yeah. That's a controversial opinion. Yeah, because it definitely I, is. Because I will say for Scorsese heads, because there are people who just obsess over Scorsese, The Departed definitely gets some shit because it's seen as his most like populist movie. How so? Because people, I, I think it's mainly because it gets compared to Goodfellas, Casino, Raging Bull, a million other movies. And I think people see this as his most mainstream effort, which I would argue against... I think it gets that rep because it was the movie that won him best director and he didn't win for well, a million you, other You movies. look at the ending, though, and it's not mainstream at all. I would say the whole movie's not mainstream. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, The Departed released in 2007. I thought it was 2006. Milhouse, go ahead and look that up. Tell which of us has a bigger dick. So The Departed uh, won four Oscars. Or Let me double check that. It Two, won... 2006. Nice. God, I got the bigger dick. All right. Well, I use mine better. <laughs> so it won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Editing. And it was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor for uh, none other than... Maki Mock. Maki Mock. He's great in this movie, dude. I mean, everybody's awesome. Maybe Leo's best role... We also have Martin Sheen in it. We have Matt Damon, Alec Baldwin, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. So uh, to basically just give an overview of the story, The Departed is which, by the way, The Departed is actually a remake of, a, I believe, a Japanese film. I'll have Millhouse. Internal Affairs. Is it Internal Affairs or Infernal Affairs? I think it's uh, Infernal no, Affairs. I'm, I'm we'll have him look it up. But uh, it's a remake. However, to this day, I have not watched the the original because I just I like The Departed so much. I feel like I won't give it a fair shake. And I hear it's a great movie. I hear this is basically the same story, but told very differently. And Martin Scorsese even said he didn't watch uh, the original movie until after he was done with the film. Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs. Is it a... Can you tell which country it's from? I think it's Japan, but I I don't know. Give me one second. But anyway, um, so the basic premise of the story, it's set in uh, Boston. Boston, Massachusetts, which we know very well. Yes, indeed. Uh, Set in Boston, Massachusetts. And its primary characters are Jack Nicholson as Frank Costello. He's a gangster based off of uh, Whitey Bulger. Yeah, Whitey Bulger and a few other people... uh, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. 
There you go. So, and then the other two main characters are Matt Damon as Colin Sullivan. and Who's great in this fucking movie. He's, this might be Matt Damon's best role. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. He's got a lot of great roles. but uh, He goes against type in this movie. He does, because he's playing a bad guy. Yeah. Spoilers. Uh, and then Leonardo DiCaprio plays Billy Costigan, who is... Basically, they're both cops. But we learn very early on, uh, Billy is from a family of criminals. One of whom, his uncle, we know, worked with Frank Costello, Jack Nicholson. And he's trying to be a Massachusetts state trooper. But he's from the North Shore. He's from... Well, he's from the North Shore, but he'd visit the Southie every weekend. Yes. You had two different accents, didn't you, you snake fuck? So, and then uh, Matt Damon is Colin Sullivan, who meets Frank Costello very early in life when he's a kid. Yep. And Frank Costello becomes a surrogate father to him of sorts. And he is a plant in the Massachusetts Police Department for Frank to feed him information. He's playing both sides. The movie starts out with both uh, Billy and uh, Colin. And they're both like right at the beginning of becoming police officers. Yes. We even see one of the first scenes is them being introduced to this new department that they're they're in. And Matt Damon, uh, Colin Sullivan, uh, he goes in for an interview with Captain Queenan, played by Martin Sheen. Who's great as well. And Sergeant Dignam, played by Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Who very clearly... I knew from seeing this the first time I was like, he based this on police officers who who arrested him. Because for people who don't know, Mark Mark Wahlberg early in life had a sketchy. He was a Boston dirtbag, you know? Oh, yeah. And he turned his life around, but I could tell he was really... He understands. He was playing a lot of the cops who talked to him when he was a kid. And he's just a fucking... He's a firecracker in this movie. He's so good. So Matt Damon goes to see them. And, you know, he's an up-and-comer. He's a worker. He's blah, blah, blah. He leaves. Billy Costigan goes in. Billy's a different story. Because they say... Which, this is ironic. And this is something that goes through the entire movie. Because Matt Damon is pretending to be a cop. But he's a criminal. But everyone buys his duplicit nature. The first thing they say to Billy, are you pretending to be a cop? Because a lot of guys here pretended to be cops. And he's not. He, he has a, a, a genuine heart. He wants to be a police officer to right his family's wrongs. But we'll get back to that uh, just to give more of an overview. So basically, Billy is offered this deal. Like, Queenan says to him, there is no future where you our Massachusetts state trooper. But they offer him, you can go undercover. Because of your relationship to your uncle and his relationship to Frank Costello, we want to put you with Frank Costello to finally bust him. So he goes undercover. So he's undercover. He's a cop pretending to be a criminal. Then you have Matt Damon. He's a criminal pretending to be a cop. And it's this cat and mouse story between them. And then you have Frank Costello basically losing his mind the entire movie. That's the overview. We'll get more into the story. It's a great fucking movie. I mean, that story alone, with the right writer, there are so many goddamn layers to it, and the screenwriter, William Monaghan, kills it. Fucking kills it. So I'll say before we get into some of the stuff we love about it, uh, some interesting behind-the-scenes details. Before Jack Nicholson was going to be Frank Costello, guess who was the number one choice? Who? Al Pacino. Oh, shit, okay. Who would later make The Irishman with uh, Martin Scorsese. But uh, 
yeah, he couldn't do it for whatever reason. Everyone who turned down a role, it wasn't because they didn't want to do it. It's because of scheduling. Ray Liotta was supposed to be Dignam, who's played by Mark Wahlberg. I love Ray Liotta. I'd love to see him make another movie with Scorsese. But Mark Wahlberg is Dignam. He's good. Yeah, he is Dignam. And way before Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio were attached to this, it was supposed to be Brad Pitt as Colin Sullivan and Tom Cruise as Billy Costigan. This was years ago when they were young. The 90s, probably. It didn't come together, and but Brad Pitt stayed on as a producer. So Brad Pitt has an Oscar from The Departed, which is interesting. Uh, and then uh, I think that was all the, the casting I wanted to say. Oh, Dennis Leary was also offered Dignum. Oh, really? Which he would have been good. He would have been, been good. He would have been good. He would have been good. East Coast guy. But uh, but Mark Wahlberg definitely fucking. He's got my favorite lines in the movie. Oh, yeah. Maybe, uh, so, maybe not. Maybe go fuck yourself. Yeah. So tell me, what what do you love about The Departed? What made you, because you you've been more into this movie than any recent movie I've seen. You the in. writing, directing, and acting are just so good. And I love the fact that the whole thing is a cat and mouse game. And some of this shit, is, it's direct, but there's also so many details to it that it can also be interpreted. You know, like one of the things we mm. talked about is Alec Baldwin's character. Yeah. Is so, he a dirty cop? So this Because it never says in the movie whether he is or not. Yeah, this movie's so layered that there's a lot of questions I have that I want to see what we think. But every time you watch it, you can get something new from it. Yeah. You can just watch one character every time you watch it and you'll have new questions. Yep. So... Let's start off with one of those questions. Was Delahunt played by Mark Ralston, who was uh, Boggs in the Shawshank Redemption? Was he a cop? Now, backstory. He worked for Costello. And one day when Leo is going to meet Queenan, they find out where this meeting is. Costello's guys. Because Costello eventually figures out, I have a rat. Yeah, I need to find the rat. And then ironically, the police are also like, Costello has a rat. And Matt Damon gets put in charge of the fucking investigation to find the rat. To find himself, which he laughs about. And Matt Damon is the one who tells, tells them where they're going, right? Yep. And Queenan uh, basically gets thrown off a fucking roof. He gets demolished. And then some other cops show up, and uh, this guy gets shot, Delahunt. Yes. Now, when they go back to the bar, Delahunt's very clearly dying. And he says to uh, Costigan, he says, I sent everyone the right address except you. And you still showed up. You still showed up at the right address. So he knows Costigan is the cop, but he says, I didn't tell anybody. Tell me why I didn't do that. And it's revealed after he died, the press claims he was a cop. Costello dismisses this because Costello's like, they're saying he's the cop, so I don't search for the real cop. But tell me your opinion. Was he so a cop? I think he was with the FBI. Because, because we find out yes. that Frank is an FBI informant. Which is what's based off Whitey Bulger. Which, exactly. That's how he kept out of trouble. He would so, just feed people up to the FBI. Either Frank knew that he was with the FBI, which is what I assume, and he was there to keep an eye on things. Mm-hmm. Or he was a mole from the FBI and he was there to, to basically spy because he had been with Frank for a long time, 12 years. Yeah. And who knows how long Frank was an FBI informant for. Yeah. So the other way it can be taken, though, is that he's done a lot of bad things. He liked Billy and he's looking for redemption at his death. 
That was, I, I like the idea that, because this is a, a question people discuss. I do like the idea that he was a cop, but I lean more towards, I don't think he was a cop. And I think he was at the end of his life and he knew Billy was the cop. And I, I think he says at one point, even though he's worked for Frank for so long, he's never had to kill anybody. And so I think to him, this is a moment of redemption. It's like, I like this guy, Billy. And maybe it's not right to fucking kill him. Because what am I loyal to? Like, I'm dying anyway. Because Billy is about to shoot him as soon as he starts yeah, talking. Yeah, because he goes, once he, Billy realizes, like, this guy knows I'm a cop, he reaches for his gun. And then he takes, a you know, his final breath and... It's a whole yeah. big dramatic scene. And I love too that that's one of the reasons Leonardo DiCaprio is so good in this movie. I, I, I think he described it as it was he described the character as having a 24 hour panic attack and he plays it so fucking well. Oh, yeah. Another great moment with Delahunt is when he's outside uh, this bar where they're meeting. He's talking to another member of Costello's group and he's like, uh, you know, how I know people are, are cops. They're not paying attention to us. And he just starts pointing at people. She's like, she's a cop. She's a cop. And then they point at Billy when he's walking out and they go, you're a cop. And Billy has this moment of panic where he's like, holy shit. What the fuck did you just say to me? And there's just a situation like that. And they're just like, uh, you know, we're pointing out people who are cops. You know, whoever's not paying they attention were like, to us. You're not paying yeah. attention to us. Yeah. You're a cop. And, you know, Billy calms down. He's like, whatever. But it's a great moment. It's one of the examples of like William Monaghan did such a good job writing this fucking movie. Because it's little details like that. It's little layers like that that sell. This is a dude having a 24-hour fucking panic attack. Because he's also going to see a therapist. This is another layer of the story. Yes. Who's dating Matt Damon. So the therapist is played by uh, Vera Farmiga, who is not very Great big. actress. Yeah, not very big at the time, but now she's she's a huge star. Beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. Um yeah, so basically, Billy, what they do to him is they say, in order for your undercover to be convincing, we can't hide the fact that you went to the police academy. So what we have to do is charge you with a crime, send you to jail, and then you have to see a counselor just like anyone else would. And he goes to see Vera Farmiga. And I mean, he's basically like, I want fucking pills because he's an addict. Yeah. He He's trying to keep himself sane. He just It was like his mother or his sister just died or something like that, too. So he has no connection to... Yeah, nothing. Yeah. And so they end up... Uh, but before he, he sees her, we see that she goes out with Matt Damon. Which we should also say, Billy is having a 24-hour panic attack because he's a real goddamn man. Pretending to be someone else all the time will drive you insane. Colin is very, very good at it. He even says to Frank at one point, he's he's about to do something. He's like, it involves lying. I'm pretty fucking good at that, aren't I? He's a guy you can't trust. No. Soft man. Which you have a theory about. Yeah, Matt so this Damon is, this uh, yeah, before we get to that, because that's one of our next questions. So Vera Farmiga is going out with uh, Colin Sullivan, Matt Damon. But then Billy comes into her life. And basically fires her as a therapist and then asks if she wants to get coffee. And they get coffee together and they're a little too honest with each other. Uh, but yeah, so my one of my biggest theories about Colin was, and this was probably on my second watch, I was like, Colin Sullivan is gay. He's a gay man pretending to be straight. He is in the closet 100%. And it never says that in the movie. No, never. But so my evidence to support this theory 
what I noticed the second time watching it, I was like, Colin accuses people of being gay. A His lot. first lines of the movie, that's what they are. Yeah, they're, well, they're well, Matt Damon being an adult and shit. They're in this uh like rugby game and all Colin can say is like fucking homos, like which I get it, like Boston in that day, but it was so aggressive with him. At a certain point I was like I well, don't know. he brings it up too when him and his one of his academy buddies are sitting on a park bench. Yeah, and he asked out him out of a, nowhere because he asked him a real question, and uh, Colin doesn't know how to answer it. And he was like, "Those firefighters were a bunch of fucking homos, huh?" Like that's his deflection, and he's already a duplicitous guy. I think that's why it's very easy for him to play these dual roles because he's a guy lying to himself. And we find out at another point in the movie. There's a scene where it's never specifically said, but Vera Farmiga, when she's you know sleeping with him and, and staying over, she starts talking about it's the morning, and she's like, uh, you know, it's nothing to stress about. It happens to every guy. Which that doesn't mean you're gay. <laughs> which clearly his dick's not working because he's not attracted to this fucking woman. And we find out later she must be dissatisfied because Leo DiCaprio comes to see her, and she fucking gives it up big time, overtime. That's another great line. Matt Damon, this this also supports my theory. When he's talking to Alec Baldwin, who Alec Baldwin um, basically ends up being his boss. And he goes to see Alec Baldwin, and Alec Baldwin's telling him, you're going to be at the, the head of this group that's looking for the, uh, the rat. He's like, some people don't like you because you've got an impeccable record. I got an impeccable record. And he starts asking him about, you know, he's getting married, so he's like, uh, your dick working overtime? Or is your dick, you know, getting wet a lot? Whatever he says. And Matt Damon, you can tell he's lying because he's just like, oh, yeah, working overtime. He's just like compensating. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can tell he's uncomfortable in that scene because Alec Baldwin says something before that about being homo. He goes, by the way, these are the words of the movie. I'm not. These are not my words. Uh, Alec Baldwin's going, being married's good. You know, it it means that uh, he he goes, uh, let's everyone know you're not a homo. And then other women lets them know your dick's working. You must have some cash and somebody can stand the son of a bitch. A dark perspective, but a real perspective. So, yeah, that's my theory. I think I think Colin's gay. And I think, too, the way I see Costello interact with him, I think Costello knows he's gay, too, because we find out early on when he says that Matt Damon, he asked him when he's a kid, oh, your father's this person, you're staying with your grandmother. So he must know either his dad died young or wasn't in his life or something. So Costello's filling that father figure void, but also because Colin is so wrapped up in deception and lying to himself and trying to present him in a certain way, I think on some level he's also in love with Frank. Maybe he's not attracted to him, but I don't think he knows what he's attracted to because he's lying to himself. Mm -hmm. So that's my theory. What do you think? I think, that, I, I think that's true. Yeah, I think he is. And, and uh, some other interesting things that I noticed in the movie, uh, Colin was involved with the Catholic Church. It yep. shows him as like a kid at the church, all that shit. And then later on in the movie, there's a scene where Frank and Billy are at a restaurant and they see two Catholic priests and a nun, which Frank says you know i fucked that nun before in so many words but he walks up to the catholic priest and he mentions about them diddling kids basically 
So it makes me wonder if something happened with the church and mm. Colin and Frank knows about it and he so that could be a whole other layer too man maybe, maybe Colin because it, it adds to the fact that he's confused about his sexuality or whatever that maybe he was molested when he was a kid maybe he's not necessarily gay he was just molested and he was fucked up from that that's a deep cut that's interesting I think he's gay I think he's gay. He, yeah, I mean everything yeah. points to like the duplicitous nature yeah, and yeah. hiding who he is. But that that is interesting. But I think that that's another thing too is that he was he was probably molested as a kid by the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna jump ahead for another question. So, the ending of The Departed is what most people remember. Yes. For because it's headshots galore. Oh yeah. Basically, Frank Costello dies. Uh, there's this huge bust and. Uh, this is after his whole gang dies. This is after both Costigan and fucking uh, Sullivan find out that Frank's an informant for the FBI. So Sullivan gets him alone, shoots him, kills him, and then Costigan comes in because you know his job's done, and he meets with Sullivan. They get their one of their few scenes together, and he's like, uh, you know, I just want my identity back. He's like, you know, Sullivan's like, you want to be a cop again. He's like, no, being a cop is not an identity. I want my identity back because he's done. And then uh, basically Sullivan goes to get all his shit done. And Sullivan, I think when Frank's dead, I think he thinks he's going to go straight. He's not going to be a criminal anymore. Maybe in so many ways he'll cross the line. He'll do dirty shit still. Because he talks about the whole movie. He wants to basically become a lawyer and then become a politician. Interesting, yeah. Um because that's what the whole thing is. Like it, one of the first scenes with them is when they're sitting on that park bench. He's looking at the Capitol. He gets an apartment at the Capitol. Looking right at the Capitol. Yeah, because he wants to get there. And he goes there. And when he goes to the, the guy's like, you don't have the money to basically pay for this. And he's like, he's got a co-signer. And the, oh, I think the guy thinks he's gay. Yeah, that's another thing that, that fits that theory. Because he gets very offended when the guy's like, oh, because he says, I have a co-signer. And the guy's like, oh, I, I get it. You know, you're going to have a house guest a lot. And he's just like, just give me the papers. So he's a little offended by that. But yeah, so basically the ending, um, he goes to get Costigan's shit, get his identity back. Costigan makes a decision because he sees on Sullivan's desk an envelope that says citizens. Which one letter is crossed out. It's his handwriting. In order for it to be correctly spelled because we saw earlier that Sullivan, to find Frank's rat, he said, have your gang give all your their social security information and shit, and I'll run them. And nothing came back whenever he did that. Nothing came back. But we see in that scene, somebody's writing citizens, and they write it wrong, and uh, Costigan fixes it. He sees this very same envelope on Sullivan's desk. Now, he could just go along and be like, I get my identity back. I'm done. Costello's dead. Instead, he goes rogue. Probably because Queenan died. He goes rogue, calls. Well, first he sends, because we know he fucked Vera Farmiga. He sends her all these audio recordings he has of Sullivan talking to Costello. Was he sending it to her or was he sending it to Matt Damon as a flex? Oh, my God. I don't remember. I thought he was sending it to her because I think it was addressed to her. I think the envelope was addressed to her. I don't know. 
I don't remember because I thought he he gave her an envelope with stuff, and he said if any before he goes, the big confrontation happens with Matt Damon. He goes and he uh, he says, "Take this if anything happens to me." Oh, whether whether I I'm, live, whether I die. Yeah, yeah, because he's like, "You're the only person I can trust." I think he's I think he's flexing on. Uh, Colin, oh, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong because that's the reason she opens it because she sees it's from Billy and she doesn't know Billy knows Colin. Yeah, that's right. So he did give her the tapes, probably, but he's sending the tapes to Colin. Okay, so yeah, back to the ending of the movie. He sends them. She's listening to them because she's moved in with him. It was in a, a CD case for Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones. Great album. Art. Yeah, yeah. Exile on Main Street. Um. And yeah, she's listening on this big stereo and she's got her headphones in. And, and it's of Frank and him from an earlier scene. everything. Because we find out Frank recorded everything. Because not only was he feeding people up to the FBI, but he was ready to give up Sullivan in a second. Yeah. yeah and he gave it to his lawyer, which is how Billy got it. Because we find out... He wanted the, Billy to have it. The only guy he trusted was yeah. Billy. Or maybe he knew Billy was a rat. That's my question. Okay, yeah, before... He knew he was the only clean guy that was involved in all of this. Yeah, so before I say the rest of the ending, what is your take on that? Because he does send it to Billy, but even though him and Billy get along, he does have points where he's questioning Billy and whether Billy's the rat. So I will say now, I think he knows, but Billy is merely a pawn in him informing the FBI of all this shit to take him down. So you think Costello did know Billy was... The cop. Now I do, yes. But interesting. it could change on another watch-through. Interesting. I think he knew, and that's the reason why. And he gave all that shit to Billy because he knew he was going to be able to get it done because he was the rat in Frank's game. Because I, I have a 50-50 opinion on it. Part of me thinks Frank knew that Billy was the cop, and that's why he knew if he died, he could fuck over Sullivan. The other part of me goes, he did trust Billy because... He does talk to Billy about Billy had an uncle who was a criminal. Billy's dad. Who said, he really liked. Yeah, who he, who he really liked and respected his dad. His dad was a straight up guy because he says to him, if your dad knew I was talking to you right now, he would kick my ass. And we find out, I think he was like a fucking handled baggage at the airport or yes. something. So he that, was a working uh, like blue collar Boston stiff, basically. So that may be it, too, that he thinks Billy has some character in him, has a bit of his dad in him. But I'm 50-50 on that. But anyway, to quickly go into where the ending goes from there, uh, he, uh, Billy gets all these tapes. He calls up Costello. No, he calls up, I'm sorry, he calls up Sullivan. He's like, I know who you are, you motherfucker. Even at one point on the phone, calls him a derogatory term. Do you remember? No. And this plays into the, the Sullivan is gay thing. He, calls he goes, you fucking faggot. Again, Words Not my words. <laughs> words in the movie. Obviously, he's very heated in the moment. Um, and he may he may know that he slept with Sullivan's girlfriend. And that's why he's saying that to him. Like, I'm more of a man than you. So he calls him. He's like, you meet me right here, right now. Or I send these tapes to the FBI. Or I send them to the fucking press. So Sullivan goes to meet him. Sullivan, before he does this, deletes Costigan's file. He's like erasing this guy from history because we find out during the movie the only two people who know who Billy is is Queenan, who is dead, and Dignam. And we find out that Dignam, Maki Mock, Billy has been trying to get a hold of. 
But this will be another theory I have about Dignum. I think when Queenan dies, Dignum basically goes rogue. He goes... Because it, it seemed like they had like a mentor relationship. They were very close. It was like a father-son thing. And they are two sides of the same coin, which is something I want to talk about more. But Dignum has a freak out after Queenan dies because Matt Damon is like, I want access to your files. And Mark Wahlberg's like, fuck you. And he leaves and he they say he puts in his papers, meaning he's either transferring or he's retiring. So Billy says he's been trying to get a hold of Dignum. He can't get a hold of him. I think Dignum basically turns his phone off and he's on a fucking bender. So uh, Sullivan shows up. Billy's like, I'm arresting you. And, you know, he's like, I'm a Massachusetts police sergeant. Who the fuck are you? Like, he's like, you ain't fucking arresting me. And then he starts punching him and shit. It's like the yeah. delivery of the payoff of the whole cat and mouse yeah. situation. So then another person pops up, played by none other than Anthony Anderson. Who's great in this movie. Very great. Now, the reason Anthony Anderson shows up is because he went to the police academy with Billy. He doesn't know Billy was undercover, but he does know Billy was once a cop. And so he shows up, he sees, because he was working for Sullivan, and he says, you know, he points his gun at Billy, he's like, put, let go of the sergeant, blah, 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 and Billy's like, I called you because you know me, and he even says, I asked you to bring Dignum, why didn't you bring Dignum? And he never gets an answer, but I'm guessing it's because he can't get a hold of Dignum either, I don't think anyone can. So anyway, there, he's like, I called you because you know me, this guy's dirty, he's Costello's rat. One of my other questions, does Anthony Anderson believe... Costigan when he says this guy's the fucking rat I think he does he well he's unsure he doesn't know what the fuck is going Because there on. is a moment of hesitation where Billy's like I have tapes of everything and there's this moment earlier in the movie too where uh fucking Matt Damon goes to interrogate this guy who's on Costello's crew he's on Costello's crew so he knows fucking that he's one of Costello's guys because they work together. And he goes in there. He takes Anthony Anderson's phone, tells him to stop recording, shut the cameras off. All and he's pretending shit. to be his lawyer. That's yes. what he tells them. But he's really telling the guy, like, call Frank. Yeah. Let him know what's Call up. mother. That's what he says. Yeah, yeah. So I think, and remember Anthony Anderson, he's like, he has a moment where he's like, this is weird. This shouldn't have happened. He doesn't know. And when Costigan goes, I have tapes, there's a moment of hesitation for Anthony Anderson, and he goes, that may be true, but, you know, he can't just put his gun down. Yeah. So then they're all going downstairs, because Billy... He, well, they take the elevator, and... Billy and uh, Sullivan take the elevator. Yep. And one of my favorite fucking moments is watching Sullivan. He goes from, fuck you, who the fuck are you... To there in the elevator, and it's slow. Scorsese plays it so well because it's that slow moment. You just see ding, ding, going floor to floor. And you watch Matt Damon slowly break down, and finally he goes, just kill me. Just fucking kill me. And he's almost crying. And Billy's last line of the movie, I am killing you. Elevator doors open. Billy's shot in the head. Boom. Done. It's another one of Sullivan's guys, Brannigan. Brannigan claims he was working for Costello, too. He's like, you think you're the only guy he had inside? We got to look out for each other now. Anthony Anderson shows up. He's coming down the stairs because yeah. he took the stairs. He sees Billy's dead. He's like, oh, fuck. And I think I, he, I think in that moment he knows. Yeah, he figures out because there's no way this could have happened legally. So he figures it out. Before he can do anything, Brannigan, played by James Badge Dale, I believe, 
shoots Anthony Anderson in the head. Then him and Damon start working to set make this look like, uh, you know, they killed each other, whatever. Damon's head is working. It's spinning. And all of a sudden he goes like, oh, yeah, give me the gun. I'll wipe the prince off. Shoots fucking Brannigan in the head. Headshots galore. And it's over the course of like two minutes. This yeah, this happens. is very quick. Like if you watch this, I remember I watched this in the theaters when I when uh, it first came out. When theaters were still open. When theaters were still open. And it was just mind blowing. And then from there, basically, uh, we get one more headshot. Because now Damon's the big hero. Sullivan's the big hero. But he goes home. And who the fuck is well? Let's for? let's rewind for just a second because okay. they're interviewing. Oh yeah, they're interviewing Sullivan about what happened, and he he stands like, "Oh, Costigan is a hero. I'm recommending because he's for saying Costigan was the Costello rat. Basically, I think this is what he's selling. He's like, he was Costello's uh, cop. Like he was in with Costello, and then he sells Brannigan. That's why I think he kills Brannigan because he's like, if Brannigan worked for Costello, there's got to be some evidence. So I'll say he was selling uh, Brannigan to me." Because he was taking over for Queen, and he's like, he was selling Brannigan to me as the rat in the fucking uh, in the the police department. And then Anthony Anderson was there because he worked for Sullivan. And he got shot too, but he even says because he's such a duplicitous motherfucker. He's like, I want to go on record. I'm recommending William Costigan for the Medal of Merit. And the next scene is his funeral, all that shit. Yeah, and another detail we should mention: Vera Farmiga gets pregnant during the course of this movie. Yep. Now we know she fucked Leo. We know Damon's dick ain't working. And when she goes to tell Damon she has a kid, he goes, really? Like he's shocked that he got her pregnant. Because she shows him the ultrasound. And this is, once they're at the funeral, this is after she's heard the tapes. So when she's leaving, he goes, what about the baby? But she keeps walking, which tells me she knows Billy's the dad. Yeah, because she has no connection to this man, because even with everything that's been done, the fact that it would be her baby daddy, she would still have some connection to him. I think she knows she just silently walks away. She doesn't say shit to him. Yeah, because Billy's the father. So anyway, that was the ending. What were we talking about before that? We went on a fucking rant. Um, The ending with Matt Damon and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. Okay, we haven't even (laughs) done the real ending. So (laughs) Sullivan shows back up in his apartment and who the fuck is there? Dig Mocky Mock. Mocky Mock. So he's standing there. He's got, you know, uh, covers on his feet and his hands. Like he's clearly ready to kill somebody. Now, my theory about I think Dignum after Queenan dies, I think he goes off the map because every time he goes we, off the rails. Yeah, I think every time we see Dignum in this movie, he's clean shaven. His hair is very neatly parted. When we see him this time, he's got a little bit of a gruff. His hair's kind of a mess. So it looks like he's coming back from a bender. It looks like he was gone for however long and he came back. And when he found out Billy was dead, he not only figured things out, but I think felt guilty because he was like, shit, I forgot about this kid. I was the only one who probably could have helped this kid. So Matt Damon's just standing there and he's like, all right, like he's going to talk his way out of it. No, not this time. Marky Mark shoots him in the fucking With head. a silencer. With a silencer. Walks the fuck away. And then one thing we should talk about, the final shot of the movie, which has been a little controversial, the rat. Because it shows the state capital and it shows, it shows a rat. rat running. There was this whole movement. Somebody was trying to crowdfund uh, this effort to like digitally remove the rat because they said it like two on the nose, two on the nose. I get it. I understand that complaint, but it 
It doesn't bug me because the rest of the movie's so good. You know what I mean? Yeah, doesn't bug me either. Uh, so yeah, fuck that. And I, I think that effort went nowhere because I think Warner Brothers was like, "Fuck you, you ain't re-editing our movie." When I originally watched this, I always assumed that Marky Mark was another rat in the department. Yes. Okay. See, this was a theory. I you thought he was another one of Costello's guys. This was a theory you had. I dismissed it because I said, "Well, if he has." Dignum, he would know who all the rats are. He would know who Leo is. And I would argue that Dignum is actually one of the only honest cops in the entire movie. And one of the great things him cost again and Queenan. Yeah. If Alec Baldwin's dirty, which I don't know. I think Alec Baldwin is dirty. Do you think he's dirty to the extent that he's working for Costello? I think he might be involved with Costello. There's one to like a limited extent. Yeah, I think he's probably on the take and just keeps his mouth shut. Okay. Um, There's that one scene where Alec Baldwin, he goes face first in a bowl of ice cold water. Do you know why he does that? No. This is a little fact I know. So this is a cop trick uh, because a lot of cops, especially East Coast cops, they're big, big drinkers. And because they have to show up for such early shifts, a quick way to fix a hangover is to have a bowl of ice water and to dunk your head in it. That's how they get over a hangover. Interesting. I only knew that because I watched another another movie. I think it was a De Niro movie, and I listened to the commentary, and I remember the director saying that. He was like, the cops told us that's what they would do because they'd wake up for like a 6 a.m. shift after drinking till like 3 in the morning, and they would just dunk their fucking heads in like a big thing of ice water. So that explains that. But yeah, you had the theory Dignum was, was dirty, I don't, I, and I, I don't think Dignum was dirty. One of the great things about him and Queen, and to me, is after watching this movie so many times, they're basically two sides of the same coin. Because Dignam is very, very angry all the time. And I think one of the reasons he's angry is he's an honest cop, a cop with some sort of moral compass, and he just is in this dark fucking world he can't change. Queen, and I think, feels the same way, but he's on the other side of that. He's, he's an older version it. of that. Because what happens? If you're a dude who thinks about life and... You're going to get angry about it when you're younger, but then you're going to reach a certain age where you just accept it and you find ways that you can maybe change it in small ways. So I saw them as two two sides to the same coin. By the way, give me your favorite Marky Mark lines from this movie. So my first favorite line is, uh, I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. Yeah, so they're doing this raid and uh, they set up cameras. They only have like two hours notice. So there's not cameras in certain places where they can film Costello. And by the way, this supports my theory that Alec Baldwin is dirty. Because you think Alec Baldwin is behind that. Yeah. But Alec Baldwin does freak out on the guy who... I think But you think that was for show. Okay. I think it was for show. Okay. Okay. I won't disagree with that. So basically the cameras are all fucked. And Wahlberg goes, who the fuck set up the cameras in this place? And there's some guy on a computer. This is very East Coast. He turns on a dime. He just goes... Who the fuck are you? <laughs> and that's when Marky yeah. Mark says that. Yeah, he's like, uh, I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. Another Marky Mark line I love, the initial interview with Costigan. Uh, he, he says a quote, and it's uh, he's quoting Hawthorne, and just like a true Boston degenerate. Um, <laughs> Dignam's like, what's the matter, smartass? You don't know any fucking Shakespeare? <laughs> Oh, it's great. And then uh, another little fact I'll give you about the movie. There's a scene where Dignam has to uh, brief Matt Damon and his guys. 
And there's a guy who shows up late to the meeting. And there's a point where, <laughs> where, where uh, Dignam says, uh, you know, from the Southie Projects. And this other guy just came in and goes, South Boston? And he goes, oh, you're a real fucking genius. Who fucking, who fucking forged your transcript? The guy he's talking to? Robert Wahlberg, one of his brothers. Oh, really? Yeah, and he says another line um, that I know you love. And when, they're definitely Southies. Yeah, and there's another line you love where uh, his brother goes, without asking, because they say we're not giving you the identity of our informants. And he goes, without asking too many questions, do you currently have anyone in with Costigan? And Dignam goes, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe fuck, fuck yourself. yourself. Yeah. And then another more great lines. I'm just going to run through Marky Mark lines because then he goes uh, when he's not telling him anything. He goes, my theory is treat uh, treat feds like mushrooms, feed them shit and keep them in the dock. And I love to when he first comes in, he's talking to Alec Baldwin and he goes uh, he's talking about he doesn't tell them the names of the informants because he's like, this place has more leaks than the fucking Iraqi Navy. And Alec Baldwin goes, fuck yourself. And he's like, I'm. He goes, I'm tired from fucking your wife. And he's and Alec Baldwin goes, how's your mother? He's like, good. Tired from fucking my father. It's a great little exchange. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Wahlberg's great in this. Oh, yeah. And we should mention, um, so there was supposed to be a sequel to The Departed. Yes. That William Monaghan, the screenwriter, he was actually interested in doing. I think if he's willing to write it, it would have been worth doing. Because apparently this Infernal Affairs movie that it's based on did have sequels. And uh, William Monaghan was going to write a sequel about police corruption. And according to Mark Wahlberg, Dignam was the main character. He was basically going to be in charge of a bunch of young cops. Now, I get The Departed is a masterpiece. But if it's a sequel about Mark Wahlberg, I'll take it. Yeah, as a fucking Boston cop. I'll take it. I don't give a fuck. Like, fuck anyone who's like... You can't make a sequel to a Scorsese movie, blah, blah, blah. Everyone dies. I'm like, Mark Wahlberg, though. I would watch another movie with Mark Wahlberg, for sure. So, uh, one other thing I want to talk about, because we mentioned Vera Farmiga earlier. Now, one of my favorite parts of this movie. Are you listening, Milhouse? Yeah. Because <clears throat> yeah. this is a life lesson, okay? Okay. I'm going to give you a life lesson that The Departed departs on all of us. There's a couple lessons. Number one. Number one. Yes. We are all alone and we die alone. This is true. Do you know this is true in your bones? Yeah. That's my nightmare. Because <laughs> this is something this movie proves. You carry your pain. You carry your secrets. You carry everything by yourself. Another thing i'm going to give you about this movie this movie is very red-pilled when it comes to relationships yeah now because here's my theory now vera farmiga from the beginning when she first meets billy for coffee are you listening to me milhouse i'm listening then goddamn look at me motherfucker. I'm, I'm looking at you when she meets billy for coffee she's already describing her relationship in a fairly negative way she's like it's serious yeah now after she fucks billy you watch this right millhouse you watch this movie i kind of watched it i need to rewatch it god damn i shouldn't have asked him that just forget <laughs> after she sleeps with billy it is very clear that on some level she's in love with billy 
Would yeah. you agree with that, Taylor? I'd agree with that. Because I'll give you the moment that convinced me of this. There's a moment he comes to see her. I think I, I know exactly what you're going to say. Oh, this moment breaks my fucking heart, dude. There's a moment he goes to see her and he is falling apart. And she says to him, I can't be your friend. I basically can't be in your life. And he says, I know. And she sees the pain on his face and she runs her hand through his hair. It's this very small moment, but it's a moment that only someone who loves another person could do. Only they could offer it up to to that person. Now, they are very clearly in love. However, their love is based on very extreme emotions about themselves, you know? Vera Farmiga says at one point before they fuck, she says, your vulnerability is really freaking me out. Now, as a therapist, I'm assuming whatever she's going through, whatever demons she has in her, that's what attracts her to Leo, and whatever demons he has in him attracts him to her. So it's their true selves that are attracted, right? Yeah. But do they end up together? No. No. Who does she end up with? Sullivan. Because this is the red pill I need you to swallow right now. Open your mouth. Get on your knees and open your mouth. I'm not getting And take this red pill. Okay. All right. Now, how old are you, Milhouse? 20. It's a good age. So you, maybe you won't admit it. I know you won't admit it because you're with two big dick swinging Rambos right now. You won't admit it. (laughs) But I'm sure on some level, because on some level we all believe this, you think that relationships are based on love. Yeah, to to some degree, yeah. Wrong. Wrong? They're not. They're not. They can be. What are they based on? But if you think, if you buy into the fairy tale that you can be in love with someone and it equates to a relationship, wrong. Because how does she describe her relationship to Sullivan? She's talking about, basically, they're very serious. They're going to move in together. They're going to the they have all these plans. Yeah, the circumstances. Because that's what relationships are about. It's the piece of you that wants to progress as a human being. It's the piece of you, whatever life you want to build, whatever your ideals are. You pick the person who can build that life with you. If it were just based on love, she'd just fuck Billy Costigan in a cave 24 hours a day. There's also some support around this, too, because when she first moves in, with Sullivan. Oh, he's very mean to her. He's very mean to her. She wants to put up a picture of her. And he's like... This is a great moment. He's like, no. You know, he's basically dismissive of her. Kind of being funny, kind of being rude, too, because he's like, this ain't going to be in the living room. Yeah. And when Billy sees that same picture... In her apartment, he... He likes it. He enjoys seeing it. He's like, is this you? And he enjoys seeing it. And that's that's also the moment she decides she's going to fuck him. Oh, yeah. So, Milhouse, what I'm trying to depart on you, no pun intended, is that relationships aren't based on true love. They're based on the circumstances of society. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Two people going in the same direction. Smart kid. Check out the big brain on Milhouse. Check out the big brain on Milhouse. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I love. That central... uh, I guess it would be a romantic triangle. Not really, because Damon's kind of working with a limp dick. But uh, I love that. Because, again, it's it, it doesn't go too deep. It doesn't get too obvious. And yet it's so layered that when you think about it, it does go really deep. And it says a lot. Just like Damon's relationship with Costello says a lot. Just like Leo's relationship with Costello says a lot. 
there's so many layers to this movie that just like it, it, it's a rabbit hole and there's so much being said about life and that's why people who go oh the departed fuck the departed that's scorsese's most mainstream movie it's like scorsese was saying a lot with this movie he was now i i would buy into this argument that out of all the gangster movies scorsese has made this seems like the one that he maybe had the least influence on the writing because if you watch Goodfellas, Casino, and even The Irishman, which, you know, The Irishman is what it is. I'm not a huge fan of The Irishman. They have very similar themes. There's a reason The Departed stands out because I think I think William Monaghan probably deserves more credit for this than, than people give him. Well, I also think that Scorsese probably read the script and he was over the moon about it. And he's like, I'm not really going to fuck with this. Exactly. Exactly. It's like this is just so good that this, and it's also you've talked about this before too when we've talked about this movie. It's the only movie of his that gives that humanizes the perspective of cops. If yes. You, if you put it into Casino as far as his gangster movies go, yeah. because Goodfellas, you can argue like because the the message of this movie is clearly like crime doesn't pay. You can argue Casino makes that point. You can argue Goodfellas makes that point. The Irishman makes that point in very in three very different ways, which speaks to Scorsese's talent that he's made four gangster movies and they're all incredibly different. But yeah, this was different because those movies, you never really see the perspective of the cops. No. This one, it's 50-50. And on top of that, you have a cop pretending to be a criminal and a criminal pretending to be a cop. So then you're getting into just human beings in general and being honest with yourself and how duplicitous you can be. And you're getting into the honest nature of relationships and friendships and, and, and people who are in father roles for you. Uh, one other scene I'm going to mention really quick uh, that we didn't mention that's so fucking, obviously this movie won for best editing and best director because this scene is so well done. There's a, a point where Billy follows Costello because he's trying to find out who the cop this is. This is a great scene. And they go to a dirty movie theater. Which one more thing that supports that supports uh, Damon being gay? It's a you know dirty movie playing some big titties flopping around. I don't care who you are. I mean, it's nice to see, right, Millhouse? Yeah, I like seeing big titties yeah. flop around. I mean, and uh, Matt Damon doesn't like. He's it. very uncomfortable in this theater. Which look, I, I guess I'd be uncomfortable in a public theater too, or maybe that's one of my kinks I haven't figured out yet. Costello shows up and he's got a big dildo. He acts like he's jerking off because he covers his face and he's pretending to just be. A and Matt pervert. Damon doesn't know it's him yet. And he uh, and and Damon freaks out. So it's another scene where he's uncomfortable. But anyway, uh, Billy's there and Billy's watching because he's trying to figure out who the cop is. And there's basically once they leave the theater, there's a chase scene, but it's not quite a chase scene. It's where. Damon's figuring out that Billy's following him and Billy's trying to see his face and he can't see his face. And Damon's also trying to see Billy's face because I think he knows that whoever's following him is the rat in Costello's group. So it's this fucking fantastic cat and mouse thing. And there's a point where this will also uh, play into Damon's a piece of shit. There's a point where they go down an alleyway and Damon gets behind uh, whatever it is. It looks like a trailer or something. And he pulls out a knife because he's like, the second Billy comes, I'm going to fucking stab him. He does stab somebody. It ain't Billy. It's some random dude who gets stabbed and killed. And Billy, we see he was on the phone and he was also like pumping himself up. And when he walks down the fucking alleyway, he sees this dead guy and he just has to leave. Great fucking scene. 
great fucking scene. It's very suspenseful. Yeah, it's just so well done. And again, that's why like I, I don't buy into the theories that like this is one of Scorsese's lesser works. In fact, I would actually argue this is the last great movie Scorsese made. And I'm not talking shit about Scorsese because you go straight to hell when you talk shit about Scorsese. He's my favorite director. That's in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but everything since then I watch and I, I like and I respect... But nothing's made me as excited as The Departed. And The Departed made me excited in the same way when I was excited about Goodfellas, Casino, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Bringing Out the Dead, just a million fucking movies. Everything since then, The Irishman, Shutter Island. He's had some big hits, but um, none of them made me as excited as this movie. Maybe the key's Mark Wahlberg, dude. He needs to bring Marky Mark back. In fact, Scorsese's next movie, The Departed 2, Fuck Your Mother, Starring Mark Wahlberg. We're in an East Coast mood. We're ready to snap at any moment. I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is produced to you by Taylor Miller.